Welcome to the Chevron Podcast Poetic. What's up, what's up? Man, it's nice having you, eh? Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah. Do you want to dive straight into the questions or you want to talk a little bit about yourself and just introduce yourself to everybody that's going to be listening and um, getting some knowledge and stuff like that? Yeah, my name is uh, Leifi Venture David Parker. People know me properly as Poetic, and I'm a rapper from the 685, currently residing in Auckland, Aotearoa. And I'm for the culture. There you go. Yeah, that was cool. Alright, so I'll start the interview off. Um, something I wanted to know was, um, what was the first reaction you got when you dropped your first song on SoundCloud? Man, I don't even know, bro, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think one of the homies from, from the old country hit me up and just said, congratulations, you dropped a mixtape. Yeah. That was probably the first real, real thing. The second one would have been Mr. Sick hit me up from New Zealand. I was in Australia at the time, and he said, keep up the good work. Keep yeah. representing for the, for the culture. Yeah. I always remember Sick. Yeah. Um, you know your Lambie Drive song? I... I got I got a few rumors from from a couple of people that I know. They told me that you used to work somewhere in Lambie Drive and you made a song called Lambie Drive. I used to work at Kmart in Monaco. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there was this girl that used to work with me, and that's what that song is about. It's about her. Oh, I see. So would you say you're more of a lover type of rapper, like when you talk about love and other things like that, romantic things? Um, no, I'm a gangster rapper, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's that's, that's kind of obvious. But, I, was, know, I was just trying to go find out if you're willing to do other genres or other style of sound and music. I think for me, I just do songs about life and experiences and things that either happen to me or happen to people around me. Yeah. And I just incorporate that into lyrics. Whatever the song feels like when I'm writing it, that's how I, you know, attend to certain things. Yeah. Lyrically. Um, how did the collab, the collabor- collaboration with Slim 400 go? Like, how did all that come to work? So Slim's from LA, and uh, my side of the family are from Carson. And there was a there was a certain um, level of respect between the OGs from each side because they've been they've been down since the beginning of hip hop on the West Coast, and just through uh, through families. So uh, my manager at the time hit up his team and plugged it in. And um, Slim and I are a lot younger than the OGs, so it was cool for me to be able to do a track with him, especially because I'm, I'm currently at the time and still in Auckland now, said, oh, I'm not in LA right now. So yeah. it was cool that we were able to collaborate over, overseas, over the ocean. And I hit up Slim and he said, yeah, much love, and he liked the song, so we took it from there. Yeah. Unfortunately, we couldn't get him in the video because we were in different countries, but I'm glad we got one in with him. We would have gotten a few more before he passed. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's not here anymore, so yeah. R.I.P. Slim Funk. Um, you've been making for music for a long time. Is, is all your production um, all self-made? Like, you make the beats and things like that? Or what do you classify yourself as? Just the rapper, or you can do other things like possibly play other instruments? I can play certain instruments a little bit 
and I I have made a few beats that I've rapped on, but I'd like to just focus on being a rapper and a better writer. So what I do is I I either buy beats from producers around the world, or I bring the homies together in the hood and we get the band together and we create on the spot. Yeah. But my brother, Bass Six Eight Five, is the one that usually steps in for the production side of things. He's the producer. Okay. Um, so he's producing. Is this like a family thing you do? Like with um, when I was speaking with Rizvan, he was saying, um, in his family there's all all kinds of talented musicians, and he's the one that's taking it as a professional career. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I come from a musical family. Um, yeah. Throughout generations, so music's always been there, and. Um, we all got cousins that uh, can play an instrument or can do something musically. And they pull up when they can, or if we need them for certain sessions, they'll be at the sessions with their bass guitar, with the keys, with whatever we need them for. And yeah, um, yeah we try to create, and then I'll just come through and write the rhymes for it. Cool, cool. Um, do you have any business ventures going on around, like these NFT, NFTs you're dropping? Could you explain a bit more about these? We got a 685 Originals NFT dropping in April, which is about two or three weeks away. Yeah. And with, the, with that, it's uh, it's uh, we've created a community within it. And we're also um, giving the people that want to buy the NFT a chance to be a shareholder in the music that we release through it. So we'll be releasing music NFTs where the people that buy an NFT can own certain rights and get a certain percentage of whatever money comes through as profit from that. Yeah. Those those songs that we release, if that makes sense. As well as a few other cool things that, you know, each each buyer would get. Um What's the price range to get an NFT for for one of your six, NFTs that eight, you might five. be sitting? Yeah. It's all six eight five, bro. Yeah. We kept it we wanted to run that whole, you know, six eight five. So we kept it at six hundred and eighty five. Oh, that's cool, that's cool. Um, are you currently working on any musical projects? Like a mixtape or a studio I mean, album, LP? Yeah, I'm just recording, bro. So we got a whole lot of things going on. We're working on another album. We're working on singles. We're working on the NFT tracks. We're reviving old demos from back in the days and bringing it to a new a new life. Yeah. In 2022, and we're just we're just using this downtime while we can't travel because I I feel like soon the world's going to change and get back to the way it was, and we'll be able to catch these flights around around the world. So once that happens, we're hitting the road. I'm just trying to use this downtime to record as much content as we can because once we hit the road and tour we'll be more focused on the touring side of things where at least everything will be mixed mastered and ready to release as time goes on yeah um was music always your only option no i had i had a lot of options in front of me um i failed at school and uh athletics which yeah. was something that yeah Something at the time I wasn't mature enough to understand. I was just going through life and all the ups and downs that come with it. And then the other options we had were all negative options. Would have ended up, you know, dead or in prison. But music was always on the sideline. So when I took a break from all the madness and sat down on the sideline and, and caught my breath, I saw that this music thing could really be something. 
and it could really help bring people together and increase the peace between communities. So we ran it, and here we are. We're still running it professionally as an everyday thing. It's a day job. It's a night job. That's who we are. Cool. Um, I know you've spoken about this on New Fame. You're talking about the Samoan language. Could you just go a, a bit more about what's happening in Samoan, how that might be affecting you? Um, in what regard do you mean when I mentioned that a lot of Samoans have lost their link to the language or? or um, the, the language itself and um, the politics or if it's surrounding you at, at any point? I think for me, because I'm from Samoan, I'm, 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 I'm raised there and then I came overseas later. With America and then with New Zealand and Australia especially, there's a lot of uh, down talk towards Pacific Islanders who can't speak their mother tongue from other Pacific Islanders who can. And I just like that. I feel like it's an overseas uh, mentality that has been developed over the last maybe three or four decades where people call each other plastic if they don't think that they're Samoan or Tongan or Fijian enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I speak about it, I speak about it from the sense to identify why things are the way they are because of the negative effects of colonization in the past brought forward the last hundred years to where we are today, where we are born into a society and raised in a society that we do not know our links, where we're from, our great-grandparents. We don't know our language. We don't know our traditional customs. And it's something that stops us from being 100%. When I say 100%, I mean it stops our full potential because if you look around today, you see a lot of young kids, they just, they have no sense of who they are. And they're trying to attach themselves to money, making money. And anyone can make money. That's that's an everyday thing. We all got to make money to survive. But if you don't know who you are traditionally as a person, there's a hole missing in your heart. You can't fill it with alcohol, with drugs, with all the books in the world. It's a hard thing to do if you don't know who you are and where you're from. So when I said those things, I meant to identify where it started and why it started, which was colonization coming through, Christianity coming through. Great Britain coming through, which is another conversation to have. British people yeah. in colonization were different to Germans. Germans are very different. Germans married into the natives, whereas British people had laws to stop any kind of marriage between British or any white people marrying any native people. It was law back then, especially in countries like Samoa. And a lot of people don't know these things because it's not taught in everyday, you know, the high school curriculum doesn't involve that. Those that, truths. That's exactly true. Like I don't even know my own Fijian Indian heritage. Like I only find that out like about three years ago that that my that my family from that traveled from South India to Fiji were slaves in the sugar cane farm. Yeah, yeah. And that whole yeah, trade definitely. deal. And that's how we yeah, Fiji, made it. Fiji made it. Has, has a lot of history involved. And um, it's all around the Pacific, especially in the Pacific. It's such a big region. It's If you look at the landmass underwater connected in the Pacific, it's the biggest continent in the world if it was considered one. Yeah. And throughout the 1700s, right up to till today even, Europe came through, took over all the big countries, all the continents, and they went through the Pacific. So they went through and they took over all these little dots on the map. Yeah, and they changed things. They changed things for the better of the kingdoms they came from, and in the process of that, they uh, 
they took away what we once were as natives of these countries in the Pacific. And I do identify with the good things that colonization has brought around, because they are good. We can't just take all bad, but I do try to identify also the bad things so we can eradicate that from our lives today. We can be educated towards it and find ways to work around it so that it doesn't separate us anymore. At the end of the day, we're all just human beings trying to survive. We can do so and coexist together. Cool. That was very knowledgeable. Like, you know a lot about history and things like that. Could we see that come into your music? And, like, do you, could we see that kind of a, a song or a track or a verse maybe come into uh, your I, music? I have written a, quite a lot of songs where I do identify with these kind of um, these topics, these, these scenarios. I'm bringing up history. I'm bringing up my views and opinions on these things. I'm, I'm putting forth... Uh, dates and times and scenarios that have happened so I'm putting in history yeah but I don't think it knocks as heavy as the gangster stuff and the songs for the girls and the clubs and those things that that's what yeah. people want to hear that's what radio want so when I do a project I try to incorporate that into the project so if someone buys a CD or streams the whole album they'll hear those gems on different tracks yeah and how's to do a song about Sorry, you oh. go ahead, bro. You go ahead. I was gonna say, um, how's the um, the sales going? Like, for you from starting out from selling CDs to getting on digital platforms, and then um, selling T-shirts that have gone like Auckland, pretty much New Zealand wide. The poetic T-shirt, like, how did that poetic name brand and the name you came up with for your artist name all come about? Going well, thank you. Um, even considering with COVID blocking a lot of plays, yeah. we're still able to uh, maintain and survive and push forward and hope for the business to grow once things get back to normal. The, the brand came through just by us representing who we are and where we're from. The 685 brand, for the culture brand, for the Bill brand, uh, the poetic name. I picked that up along along the way as a kid. And my, my brother from San Diego gave me the name Suspect, so I was always known as Poetic Suspect in the Bill and in the hood. And we just put it on the shirt. My brother Bass 685 told me, put it on the shirt and sell it. We tried it out and we sold out the first day, so that's what led us down the path of getting into merchandising. And merchandising is an important thing for artists to be a part of. It's it's marketing, it's promotion, it's, it's money that funds the music that pays for the kids' school fees and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so, if just finally to wrap things up, what would you say was your greatest track to this day that you've made? Something you can be proud of for your greatest song you've ever made? I would say, in my own opinion, the greatest song I've ever written is called Brown Sugar Blues. Reason being is because it identifies colonialism and the negative effects it has had on all people of color throughout the world, from Africa to the Native Americans to indigenous Australians, India, the Pacific, Aotearoa. And I, what I tried to do with that is identify us as one, to say that we've all come through, through the door struggling. We're all here trying to survive. We're all here trying to come up and, and get some equity in this world today. If we identify that we all are cut from the same level, cut from the same cloth, then maybe we can 
can get somewhere united a lot quicker and a lot better than we would being divided trying to get to those places. I also identify in the hook about sugar. And sugar took my mother away from me. She died when I was two years old from diabetes. So for me, it was like still dying from sugar a hundred years after slavery has been put to rest and we don't die on the sugarcane plantations anymore, but we're still dying from sugar. And to me, it was a deep song. We sampled a, a Curtis Mayfield song. I love Curtis Mayfield. I love the oldies. And it's a song that no one knows, so it's kind of cool in a way, too. It's not a song that radio will pick up. It's not a song that the big corporate labels will want to promote. It has no commercial value, but it has value in the sense that it's valuable to people who can hear it and understand it. So that would be my favorite. It's not my most successful song. In fact, it might be my least, but that's my favorite. Cool, man. That's, that was nice to know, eh? Like, I've always wanted to know, like, when I, when I interviewed people, like, what's the song Nambo's part of, rather than the labels or the people around them telling them that this is your greatest song. It's, oh, I'd always like to hear the, um, the artist's opinion itself. Yeah, there's a big difference between the artist being an artist and then the artist of business. Yeah. So once you understand what that means and you can play both both sides, it'll help you with your with your journey. Because if you if you're just trying to be an artist and you keep getting bombarded with your label about certain business ventures, it'll it has the potential to crush your spirit as an artist. Yeah. So you gotta learn the game and then learn how to play it the way it needs to be played by you, how it fits your spirit. You yeah. gotta protect yourself too. Where would your dream performance be any place around the world if COVID wasn't around? I've done, I think I've done a few good things in Aotearoa that I can consider off the bucket list. Yeah. One place I haven't performed would be big, big festivals like Coachella and the other places in California like Cali Fest and things like that I'd love to go and be a part of even if just for one song I'd love to just be a part of that stage and that the money that's um, provided through the artists and through the music and through the people and their energy even if I was just there to hold a light be the water boy yeah you know so Have you, we'll be looking at that um, before COVID struck did you ever think about going to South Southwest South X? Where's that? What um, do you mean by that? That's, that's, that's a festival that happens for upcoming artists. And I think it's New York and Texas. South by Southwest. Uh, to be honest, I haven't because I, I'm not aware of those. Maybe my team is aware of those, but I'd love to. Um, I'd love to get more knowledge on it and have a look at it and go. Yeah. I um, want to go everywhere, bro. I want to go to Germany. I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to England, France. I want to go to all these places that uh, my family have connections to because I'm a mixed race person too so I have yeah. lineage traced back to Europe as well as other countries so you're very um, cult are you, would you say you're sort of like a cultural person I wouldn't because I have minimal education to it I don't yeah. have anything in university levels I don't have any master's degrees and things like that but my aunties my uncles they're, they're, they're very well educated. They have these degrees on paper. So I pick a lot of their brains and I apply it to what I see in society today. I would just say simply I'm for the culture. I support the culture and I'm still learning every day. 
cool, cool. Um, yeah, I'd just like to say before I um in in um just before I wrap things up, I just wanted to say um it's been great having you on the um podcast and um it's so uh, sorry I just get like um I got I got trouble speaking sometimes. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm exactly the same, brother. Yeah. You straight. You good. Yeah. And I appreciate you for uh, for the invite, for taking the time to uh, kick it with me real quick. Yeah. Hey, um, I want you to say what's up to the homies real quick, man. Hey, but say what's up to those right here. Right also, how's it going, man? Hello. Good, good my Hello, G. Chad. You on the what's podcast? Up, what's up, man? What's up, man? Yeah. Mr. Homies. We yeah. are here uh, doing what we do, and we're yeah. also uh, recording music today, so... Yeah. Caught us in the middle of a drink and smoke break for the session. Oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to enter up. No, uh, I tried to get all. you at a good time. Not at all, man. I let the homies know. I let yeah. the homies know that we got to get on the phone call. So that was a good opportunity for us to have a little drink and smoke break. Oh, cool. In the middle cool. of the hood, and then we're back into the studio in the next half hour. So yeah, I appreciate your time, brother. Okay. Um, I just like to thank you for coming on the show. If if this was in person, I would have got you a drink or something or anything you would have liked. Just to um, no worries, man. We can meet up later at the bar. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about hip hop in Aotearoa right now? I'm guessing you're in Aotearoa. Yeah, I I, I'm, I'm, I live in Takinini, but um, um, I think yeah. New Zealand music, New Zealand music is about to take a big change, a big change because it's like. Guys coming like Big Nash with the um with that nice soft chill um trap type rappers. And then you got yes. Gino Octobo who's coming in hard with the hype and raw. Then you've got um then you've got these um long sleeve Maddie. Maddie's doing good things, like he's producing nice nice songs that he's about to drop, I believe. Nice, shout out to homies. Yeah. And um like New Zealand music has changed over the years. Like it's not always been the same kind of sound. Like we've always adjusted our sound to a progressive step. It's not a huge step, so people don't really notice. But it's a change that you kind of notice over the years if you listen to New Zealand, New Zealand hip hop. Yeah, I feel you. Let me ask you another question. Do you compare New Zealand hip hop to American hip hop, or would you? consider New Zealand is able to stand on its own within its own and sustain itself within Aotearoa um, I think New Zealand hip hop can stand on its own just like um, when grime rappers came out in the UK like guys like Freddie Fredo and Dave like what Dave's done in the music industry in the UK has gone like international and that's the same thing that New Zealand can do with its hip hop movement and take it international. It's not about just staying national just because we're a small market. We can actually push forward. I feel that. I hate it. It is possible. Like, the internet and technology is available to us is, is, so, is so great that we can actually connect with the world. It just takes time and networking to do but you can get there if you have people or you have um a skills to network and get through like i got through to you through mellow so me getting through to you may take me to someone else and they might take me to someone else 
And then they might know someone else. I feel you, bro. That's how we. That's how we roll. We work together. Yeah. And we build from within the culture. Do you feel that New Zealand hip hop in itself has has good leaders, and are they doing their job, or is there more required of the leaders in hip hop in Aotearoa? I think there's a more of a male presence that I could see in hip hop. I would love to see female rappers come on, and all gen all gender um types of um rappers and hip hop artists have that limelight, just like um just like the rest of the world when 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 it comes to music. Okay, I hear you. Um, but that's like because it's commercially marketized and things like that. But there are opportunities and. Those opportunities you gotta just persevere through and go through the curveball, basically. Yes. Yeah. I've always been a strong believer of each person has to earn their way up and put in their own work. Yeah. And time and time again, these big radio stations who are in the commercial realm have closed the door on me personally, and I've never taken offense. It has only just told me that. I have to do better and be better and work harder. That's like the um, what I was trying to say is like just persevere. Each step is a progressive step. There's no actual step back, but a change around that step to go forward. Perseverance, perseverance. Stay committed. Keep pushing forward. Yeah. That's what I was about to ask you next. Do you have any questions for me? That's something I like to do on my podcast. <laughs> well, you gotta do it, bro. You gotta do it, definitely. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like hip hop is in a good space. I feel like it's gonna come back, and I feel like we have a lot more consciousness within the community for conversations. I do feel like we need to be more open with what we talk about instead of yeah. being so fixed on things that can't coexist because. One truth does not block out another truth. Should not cancel out the other truths that are a part of society and a part of our history in the world. So I think people need to be a little bit more kicked back with how they approach certain things that they disagree with. Because you might say something that I disagree with, but it doesn't mean that my disagreement knocks yours from being fact and truth. And I see that a lot now with the internet. And I feel like people need to have real-world conversations with real people in the real world outside of the internet so they can get down to the nitty-gritty and really iron out these creases. Yeah. It's, you Real talk, real people. Definitely. Yeah. Um, how would you rate this interview um, so far? And, yeah... I'm not really good at ratings, bro, to be honest. I'm oh. just thankful for the conversation. Thank you, my brother, for the drink. Salute. My big homie just brought me a cup. And, um, church. I, uh, I just appreciate time spent with people. I don't, I'm not really the kind of person to rate one to ten. I can't tell you who's the top five rappers in the world. Oh, no, I mean, I like, love people how, and experiences. How I'm these, just speaking what? out in what I was trying to ask was, what do you think of the podcast that we've done together as a collective? I feel like it's important. Podcasts are a great way to get a lot of information, a lot of truths, 
to get to know the artists, to get to know people, to get to know the culture. And it's a platform that's important, especially in the technology, techno sav ever that we're in now. Yeah. So I commend you for your, for your, your work and your efforts towards the culture, brother. And I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, man. That means a lot to me. You keep up the good work. You keep building, expanding, and keep rolling, pushing forward. If there's ever anything myself or any of the artists that we're in contact with can do to help. Yeah. That's why we're here. Man, any song you can find, you can just click whatever, tap in whatever, and the first one comes up. I just, I'm just happy to be a part of this. Cool, My last man. words to everyone that's listening, you keep your head up, you be respectful to people, and you make sure that people respect you back. And you carry yourself like you like you are someone. You carry yourself like you come from something amazing and great, because we all do. Check your history, check your lineage, check your ancestors. Don't let no one disrespect you, and be respectful to everybody else. We are all measurements of where we come from, so be the best that you can be. Keep your head up, especially during these, these times with COVID. I wish you all the best. No excuses, keep pushing forward and get what's yours. Wow. You are a real poet, eh? Oh, you're more than just That's a gangster nice rapper and more. I've, I've been called alcoholic, but uh, I appreciate that. You're more than um, like a gangster rapper and Mars. I see the poetry, I see the passion, I see the creative creativeness in, in your music and everything you do. Like the movement you're making is quite, is very um, role modelish. I appreciate you for saying that. And I wish you all the best in all your endeavors, my friend. Anytime, just hit me if I'm available or I can make myself available. Yeah. Okay, sweet, my friend. Sweet man. Well, thank I'll... you for having me. Thank you for your time. Yeah. What up, what up? What up, 685? Tapped in with the Chef Brian Podcast, episode 10. Make sure you stay tuned. God bless. That's a wrap. Just before we end the Chef Ryan podcast with Poetic, I would like to play a song, Brown Sugar Blues, right here on the Chef Ryan podcast. So come on guys, have a listen, dig deep, and find that poetry. Because Poetic found this song and made it his own. So why don't you have a listen and kick back and relax and turn them speakers up. Wonder what my mama say if she were alive today. Conversate on that sugar cane, sugar took her life away. Now in these streets I'm hustling, gotta put food on my daughter plate. Come on. Can I take you back some about 1850? Before the white man named Doc Pierce City. What a pity that we don't know. They won't teach you. Uneducated dumb nigga, they keep you. I see you angry and such. Peru with they flag as they follow the Dutch. How many slave ships followed us up? 55,000 reported they sold us. Kinda like merchandise. You don't believe? Hit the lie, be my word precise. Before the bourbon and ice On the Berg, bourbon was worth more than slave life Five dollars a head is what they said When they sold 253 Penrith Islanders They murdered Pacific Islanders Mass graves up in Queensland That's why we say queen bitch And I'ma say this real shit Ask poly kids today How many poly slaves cut brown sugar cane up in Queensland They don't know this, but they know just How many poly brown brothers play up in Queensland From the cane field to the league field What did Ice Cube say? Run, nigga, run 
Where the yo's at the sea kill When the police come, we all run, nigga, run Massa, Hebrew word for oppressor Massa, I might let these hollow tips get you together now but they separate us try fade us use poverty to contain us turn the cameras on and try blame us but when the cameras off fool racist shit following you test my patience bigotry on a daily basis in the warehouse like me sick massa fuck that i'm an turn of this bastard Struggling. 